0: Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Insights to Access podcast, a forum for current topics affecting market access for oncology therapeutics. I'm Daniel Levis. And I'm Jason Tenseco. And today, we are excited to dive into a research initiative that we completed at the end of 2020, but which has influenced our oncology research efforts as we begin 2021. We will review key highlights from our published report on electronic health records in oncology along with some additional insights from our oncology pharmacists and medical oncologists who participated in the research. We set out late last year to better
1: understand the functions and capabilities of some of the common EHR systems that are in place in the U.S. and how these systems can impact how care is being delivered or managed. EHRs have become essential tools for coordinating multiple aspects of care delivery. They offer much more than just a digital patient record. From ordering diagnostics and treatments to reporting quality metrics and even revenue cycle management. Furthermore, these systems must also function across a wide variety of care settings, and you will see a lot
0: of heterogeneity for different users and disease states. In researching the use of EHR systems in oncology, we noticed the bifurcation of enterprise level versus practice level solutions based on side of care. Large hospitals and health systems, which often offer several specialties of care, tend to favor usage of Epic and Cerner EHR solutions, which collectively dominate roughly 50% of the market share based upon hospital beds. These systems often require expensive, customized builds as they must consider several stakeholders with different functions and needs. In contrast, EHRs and more focused oncology community practices can focus on providing a core set of services specific to the oncology workflow. Some common systems include I Nomad, part of McKesson, and OncoEMR. Focusing on
1: the main EHR vendors in both the IDN and community oncology space, we approach this project with a three-part framework for analysis. Number one, how does information get into the EHR? Number two, how does the EHR inform treatment decisions? And number three, how is the EHR used to profile physician behavior or report quality? Over the next 15 minutes, we'll focus on the first two pillars for evaluating not only the EHR systems, but how organizations use these systems to
0: achieve their drug management and quality goals. Starting off with information that is put into the EHR, an important concept to consider is the idea of clinical decision support systems. These systems provide data to the doctor based on a wide variety of sources. There are three main flavors of clinical decision support. First, medical information, such as drug interactions. Second, diagnostic or predictive algorithms. And third, clinical pathways, whether from third-party vendors or internally developed, which we will focus on today. Importantly, clinical decision support systems can exist both as an integrated part of the EHR as well as external to the EHR, for example, in the form of a third-party pathway website clinical decision support systems that exist outside the EHR are likely to experience a much higher burden towards adoption. The most
1: impactful form of data that goes into the EHR is the order set or treatment plan. Order sets are comprehensive digital prescribing instructions that oncology practices use to help standardize and streamline treatments. They include much more than just the primary therapeutic. Supportive care options, lab requirements, monitoring parameters, nursing instructions, and even clinical references all play a role. Order sets are analogous to a cookbook that oncology practices use to treat patients. We spoke with an oncology pharmacist at a large IDN using Epic's Beacon module about the general process for constructing an order set. We're
2: talking about, let's say, a brand new drug it first has to go through our formulary process in terms of it going through our pharmacy and therapeutics committee. And so once it goes through that and it is approved, then it's submitted to our, um, depending on what, what side it's going to be, is it going to be inpatient or for the outpatient beacon side, we'll work with our informatics team in terms of what does the build need to look like. If it's a brand new chemotherapy treatment drug, or a cancer drug. Well, then we also have to look at what does the NC scan template look like? What kind of... And like our templates are pretty structured in terms of what premedication and the, the chemotherapy drug itself. We still have a structured process of how it'll still get approved and, and validated. So I think they, what they really are focused on is having... If it's from the NCCN, if it's got primary literature and a phase three trial, that's going to make things a lot easier to go through the process um, in terms of getting it built. And then we have validations by both the informatics team as well as frontline users. The shared governance within the IT is going to involve some in their department does have some physicians and nurses, so they'll be reviewing it as well. Before it goes into production, yeah, it does need at least two beacon clinicians reviewing it, whether it be two oncology pharmacists or oncologists themselves or one of each um, is where we start the basis off of, at least on the frontline people. And then there's still the people on the IT side that will be using, we'll go through their validation process of what's what's being put into production.
0: Reviewing some of our survey findings, we found that an overwhelming majority of treatment selections are made using a pre-built order set or treatment plan, with roughly three-quarters of our respondents indicating they're frequently used, which is more than 50% of the time. While it's entirely possible to create treatment plans from scratch, it's highly unlikely. While the absence of an order set doesn't prevent the ability to order a drug, it certainly makes it much more of a hassle.
1: Thus... Given the clinical potential of order sets, manufacturers should ensure that their products have a corresponding order set within their customers' EHR systems. However, order set development across a network doesn't happen overnight. In fact, it can take months post-FDA approval for a drug's order set to be available for use in the EHR. Three distinct processes must occur before an order set is available for use. Number one, P&T must approve the drug. Number two, A team consisting primarily of pharmacists and nurses must develop the corresponding order set. And three, the IT department must upload the order set into the EHR. A delay in any one of these processes mean that oncologists won't have the ability to easily order the product. Because of this, it can take up to six months for a new order set to show up in the EHR. An oncology pharmacist from a large, tightly integrated IDM described the general timeline from FDA approval to order set development at his
3: institution. Yeah, so we have nearly 500 pre-built order templates for each high-volume regimen. So anything that originally the intention was that we would maintain pre-built order sets for anything that was NCCN category 2B or above. And so that was the original build and that was the original ask. Just pace and volume-wise, we haven't been able to keep to that because pharmacists were also the ones responsible for working with IT to have those built. And so we have most of the most commonly prescribed regimen lag time between you know FDA approval or guideline adoption to an order set is between three and six months, depending on volume. So if we're talking about a you know, first-line non-small cell lung cancer, Regimen, those will typically get pushed through PNT usually within two to three months. You know, if it's something that we're using less frequently, a regimen that maybe has more competition, something, you know, frontline follicular lymphoma, things like that, things that we'll see as frequently, those regimens might take months or to get built. But most of the regimens that we're utilizing, we have templates already built into Epic that we can just click on and then modify it based on whatever we need to for the patient and swap out a lot of factors.
0: Looking at our survey results, almost two-thirds of respondents indicated NCCN templates and other third-party compendia as the primary source of information for order set development. In our follow-up conversations and research, NCCN templates repeatedly were brought up as the starting place for any order set development, especially considering Epic and Cerner installations come with an NCCN template license. Additionally, almost half of the respondents indicated some usage of order set templates provided by their manufacturer. Depending on if the institution is a trial site, clinical trial protocols might help get the order sets into the EHR systems ahead of launch, significantly speeding up the order set development process. We see this often at U.S. oncology sites, which have the ability to share trial protocols to all sites in the USON network using their INOMED EHR system. Now
1: that we have spoken a little bit about how the relevant information is input and organized in the EHR we next turn our attention to how an oncologist goes about selecting a treatment in the EHR. What does he or she see at the order entry point, and what, if any, clinical decision support is offered by the EHR system?
0: At this point, we feel that institutions fall into three categories with regard to pathway presence. Non-integrated, moderately integrated, or fully integrated. For institutions in the non-integrated bucket, Oncologists are not made aware of their institution's treatment recommendations or preferences at the order selection stage.
2: I think that's where our, our is going to be the next step that we have to deal with is the fact that if you right now, when they click on create treatment plan, the only two options are either searching by let's say the cancer diagnosis of breast cancer and then a list all the regimens. Or you can type it by the chemotherapy agent. So if in this case, it's doxorubicin. So if they type in doxorubicin, it will, depending on the, if they completed all the staging information, they input, if they type in doxorubicin, it should only pull up breast cancer, doxorubicin order treatment plans. I can't say for sure, but it doesn't take the steps of saying that if you have a breast cancer diagnosis that's triple negative, meaning it's estrogen receptor negative, progesterone receptor negative, and HER2 negative, it doesn't necessarily say that these are the protocols that you should be selecting from. I think that's where the more details that we need to work with in terms of connecting the staging application that the oncologists have to do to what they're actually ordering. So that's where, like I said, I think that's something that will hopefully be coming out.
1: Although an institution may have a pathway program present, the pathway isn't always effectively integrated into the treatment decision process. Clear Value Plus pathways, for example, are only really integrated into the EHR for USON practices using Inomed. However, as we heard during one of our oncology pharmacist interviews, these same pathways are not similarly integrated when used with other EHRs.
3: I mean, it's semi-integrated. The link within Epic that they can click on that then takes them to the Clear Value Plus webpage, and they can make their decisions from there while they're still in the patient's chart. It's not something that's fully integrated that, you know, when putting whatever their treatment decision is into EPIC, that it automatically translates, essentially parallel systems, and then you have to input it into both. But there is a link within the FPHR that takes them to that page. Now, eventually, they'll have to input that decision into the pathway system. It uh, doesn't have to happen in, in real time, but as a system, you know, they watch the order sets and then watch in parallel the treatment decisions that go into CVP, and so the health system will give them a report of, a hey, you entered a GEMSIS plan on this patient, but it's not in CVP. Please go in and enter that treatment decision, and so they'll be audited to make sure that they're putting in all their decisions.
1: When looking at the bulk of institutions, it's important to note that most pathways are not integrated into the EHR and may be a weak driver of treatment selection. In many cases, physicians retroactively engage with pathways in order to maintain compliance rather than proactively relying on them for decision support. Additionally, because most pathways are simply broad-based NCCN recommendations, it's hard to differentiate between perceived and actual compliance since physicians are likely to follow NCCN recommendations regardless.
0: Finally, there is the integrated category. Institutions in this category of pathway utilization effectively integrate treatment restrictions at the point of order entry into the EHR. This category is exemplified by the usage of clear value plus pathways in the INOMED EHR system at USON practices. We spoke with a medical oncologist in a U.S. oncology practice to outline the decision support provided by INOMED EHR when making the treatment selection.
4: You fill out the clinical information, and often there's a prompt if you don't put all the information in, but not always. So that's a little bit still hit and miss, needs some refining. So for instance, in myeloma, if you put in the genetic information, that's useful. If you forget it, it won't necessarily send you a pop-up. But in breast cancer, if you forget to put in hormone receptor or HER2, you will be driven to a screen that tells you you have to do that because the choice of regimens to be presented to you is narrowed down based on those parameters. And that is an evolving clinical issue with when is a biomarker mature and going to direct your regimens. And that is usually something that's made, again, at the level of U.S. oncology rather than our local level in terms of how regimen presentation is integrated within iNOMED. So once you get to get all that demographics in, then you are presented with these different regimens that you can select from that are kind of prioritized. There are some preferred regimens. Then there are all the regimens that are on pathway. Then there are the regimens that are USON trials. Then you can go off pathway, but on NCCN, which the implication usually is that as long as it's on NCCN, you know, it's going to be paid for and covered by Medicare and almost all private insurance plans. And then you can go off pathway. If you go off pathway, you're also going to get a pop-up that tells you that you are going off pathway and you need to click a box to say why you're going off pathway. It can be at patient request or because of outside consultation and second opinion, but you still have to enter a text field that explains why whatever happened is happening. That information then will go to the pathways committee locally. So somebody within the practice Either the practice leader or the Pathways Committee, if you have one locally, will need to review that. And before the order for the drug will be sent to the pharmacy or to the patient financial counselor, there has to be this adjudication by the Pathways Committee. So once the Pathways Committee says, yeah, that's OK, then it goes to the patient financial counselor. And they have to approve before it's actually going to be put in the queue for approval by the pharmacy and administration by the nurses.
0: In summation, the presence of a pathway program doesn't always indicate the same level of control. In the case of Inomed and U.S. oncology, pathways are closely monitored and compliance is financially incentivized. However, IDNs or hospitals using EPIC and Cerner have the ability to implement pathway programs, whether internally or externally driven, to the degree that they see fit, resulting in variation of physician influence.
1: In concluding today's discussion on EHRs and oncology management, we'd like to leave you with some key learnings for manufacturers. First, most oncologists are not limited by their EHR when searching for treatments. Rather than seeing a tailored list of preferred options, EHRs provide a laundry list of options that are not filtered based on organizational preference. Furthermore, oncologists usually know exactly what they're looking for when it comes time to prescribe a therapy. This finding reiterates the importance of physician mindshare in the prescribing process. Brand and ingredient name awareness remain critical for ensuring adoption. Second,
0: pre-configured order sets are the primary tool for treatment prescribing. Order sets are powerful in their ability to reduce variation and streamline care coordination and often require significant time and considerations when drafting. Providing detailed protocol information and treatment and templates may reduce providers' workload and improve consistency in dosing administration across customers. And
1: third, although the prevalence of pathways is increasing, their ability to influence oncologists' treatment decisions is less certain. Most pathways exist outside the EHR and require additional time and duplicative efforts. One notable exception that we discussed was Inomid's implementation of Clear value Plus pathways. For manufacturers, it's important to understand the relative positioning of pathway vendors within their customers EHR and the incremental value or lack thereof that being on a particular vendor's pathway might provide.
0: We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Insights to Access podcast, and we look forward to sharing more information into the world of oncology market access in future episodes. Goodbye.